It's time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, right here in Des Plaines, Illinois, on VEASAN, the sports betting network. And tonight, we're going to be talking a lot of hoops, some big news coming out of the Eastern Conference with the Celtics. Jalen Brown has been reported that he's going to miss the remainder of the season. We'll talk more about that in a few moments, how that's going to impact the Celtics heading into the postseason their team's odds in the Eastern Conference Finals, and much more. So plenty to discuss there. And we'll also hit more basketball with Tom Byrne of Sirius XM NBA Radio. Not only will we discuss that and the potential impact it will have, but also we'll just go over all of the games tonight and further playoff and play-in implications. Then later on in the program, about 45 minutes away, Brady Cannon does a great job handicapping baseball. We'll share his thoughts and plays on the later slate of games throughout the Diamond. We had a nice winner on Friday, both in basketball and baseball, so we're looking to continue that. We did have a play in baseball, but it got postponed. It was a matchup between the Padres and the Rockies. They're going to have a doubleheader tomorrow. But instead of a play in baseball, we'll talk some prop shelf, a couple props I do like in the association. So, like we said, a lot of NBA action to look forward to. And we'll take a look at some NHL futures. We haven't updated it in a while. We did have a play from a while back, so let's see how those odds have shifted in these past couple weeks leading into the playoffs. But let's kind of start with some of the bigger news of the day. And look, uh, I'm sure if you have Twitter or any kind of social media, you heard about who is potentially going to be returning to the National Football League. And that's right. It is Tim Tebow, ladies and gentlemen, reportedly going to be signing with the Jaguars, not as a quarterback. Oh, no, no. He's going to be returning with not only Urban Meyer, but coming back as a tight end. So, of course, we already have the props ready to go for Tim Tebow and what he could possibly produce down in Florida. Total receiving yards is one of the props that is listed. 12.5 is where the number is at, over, under, minus 112 each way. And then how about number of touchdowns? Will he at least get one touchdown in this upcoming season? The over, meaning yes, he'll get at least one touchdown, is 4-1 to one is the big dog. Uh, no touchdowns, minus 590. It actually opened at 5-1, to one, so yes, getting a little bit of betting attention. Look, I mean, this is a great storyline. It's it, not going to say it's hilarious, but it's certainly intriguing just to see if Tim Tebow is actually going to get any reps or playing time whatsoever. Yeah, these are fun to get into, but don't go spending your hard-earned money on this. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen with Tebow if he's actually going to play, suit up, etc., and look, it's an interesting choice by Meyer, but again, they have the familiarity in coaching Tebow down in Florida, and I, I guess there's not much more to say about it. We'll see what happens, but there are some bets available if you kind of want to delve in to Tim Tebow and what he may do. If you're going to do anything, I guess you got to go with the over half a touchdown at 4-1 to with some decent value and just hope either if they're getting killed or dominating another team, he gets a little play action in there and real playing action in there and then gets in the mix in the end zone. So that's an angle for, uh, angle for Tim Tebow. But uh, let's keep it in the AFC South because there was actually a signing that does have some importance in that division. Eric Fisher is going to be signing with the Colts, so Car Carson Wentz gets a little bit more protection added for him up front. Remember the Chiefs' former number one overall pick. Uh, looks like it'll be a one-year, $9.4 million deal per the report. And the Colts, as we know, speaking of that division, 
are the odds-on favorite to win it. Minus 106 in the AFC South. Titans come up next at about plus 130. The Jags at plus 750. And the lowly Houston Texans at 22 to 1. We kind of been doing some futures these past couple shows this last week and looking at season win totals, odds to reach the playoffs, and some divisions, mostly the NFC North. But the AFC South is probably not going to be the prettiest division. I think that's easy to say. And it's going to be top-heavy with the Titans and Colts. Again, I've stressed this before. Don't like betting the NFL this far out, but especially even more so when you have to lay a price with a team like the Colts. Say, yes, defensively, probably best in the division. Offensive line, going to be great. Uh, they got some good weapons around. What Carson Wentz are we going to see? That's the big question that looms up in Indianapolis. And even still, I, you know, if you get a solid Carson Wentz, is that going to be enough to be better than the Titans? We know the Titans' defense wasn't that sound this past season, but look, if you still got Derrick Henry, that's going to be a tough team to go past any kind of game in any way. You're going to have to face him twice, and you're getting a little bit of plus money. The only option for me would be to go with Tennessee at plus 130, but again, this division is going to be pretty ugly. Not strong conviction, but the news coming that Eric Fisher is signing with the Colts, adding more depth to that line. Once again, the show is Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. We're live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, and it's presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5. Is where you can follow me on Twitter. We'll be talking some hoops in about five minutes with Tom Byrne. Does great work over at Sirius XM NBA Radio and some baseball chatter with fellow VEASAN host Brady Cannon to end things out. And speaking of the NBA, though, uh, before we bring in Tom, let's kind of talk about the big news that we already alluded to out on the East Coast. Jalen Brown, who's been missing a plethora of games as of late, it was just reported that he will be missing the remainder of the season. So unfortunate news for the Celtics and anyone who's backed them. Look, when we talked about Boston, we've kind of been waiting for this team to come into their own and do what we've seen them and been accustomed to them doing these past few seasons because it's just like, okay, when is the right time to make a value play on Boston, but that really hasn't been presented whatsoever. Now with the news that their second best player in Jalen Brown is going to be out for the remainder of the season, they're still at 20-1 to 1 for the Eastern Conference. You could make the case just based on value and somewhat experience that they've had that it would be worth a play at this point. No, no I mean, no chance. And, and when it comes to the standings, I mean, they're still on the brink of potentially being in the playing game, which certainly would be a tougher path. I mean, they're right there. In the seventh seed, so technically they are in it because the Heat have broken away a little bit two games ahead. So a tough break for the Celtics. We'll see what that does for them further down the line. So let's ask Tom Byrne his thoughts on that. Once again, you can catch him, Series XM NBA Radio, and at one Tom Byrne on Twitter. Tom, like I said, I mean, we've waited for this Boston team to kind of do what they've done in the past, but that hasn't been the case. And now Brown is going to be out, it looks like, for the remainder of the season. Did you have any hopes before this news for Boston heading into the postseason, or were you kind of writing them off regardless? Well, I wasn't writing them off completely, Danny, but this is obviously a huge blow. Listen, Tatum is a walking bucket. We get that, but I'm not sure why they gave up Tice. Not that he's a big deal, but, uh, you know, I just don't know what Danny Ainge is doing. It wasn't too long ago he was, you know, boy genius, and everybody wanted to anoint him the next red hour back. Well, he waited too long to cash in some of those assets, and I think it's come back to burn him a little bit. They've got Tatum, but now without Brown, they're awfully thin. And so, listen, I don't know if it'll be an auto-fade. I mean, Vegas is going to catch up to it pretty quickly here, but as far as the hopes are concerned, as, as we talk about the Celtics moving forward, they are non-factor. Yeah, completely agree. And 20 to 1 is what you can get. If you do think they could be a factor to win the East, but more likely than not, they're not going to be a top dog in that strong Eastern Conference. 
All right, Tom, speaking of the Eastern Conference, let's kind of get into tonight's slate. Let's start with Atlanta and Washington. The Wizards have been a really fun team to watch as of late. However, Bradley Beal is going to be out in this game tonight. The Wizards catch an eight, total at about 237. DeAndre Hunter, last I saw, is a game-time decision. He's missed the majority of the season, so that will be a huge addition for Atlanta, not only for this game if he can play, but, of course, heading into the postseason. So how do you think Russell Westbrook and company can handle the Hawks on the road catching eight? Yeah, this seems like it's a little inflated. I don't believe I'm going to play it, though. Listen, Bradley Beal's such a high-usage guy. Obviously, Westbrook is as well. And ultimately, for Westbrook to put his imprint on a game, Danny, you know as well, he's got to have the ball in his hand. So it's going to be typical in that sense. But they're going to feel the loss of Beal. I mean, there's a reason he's battling Steph Curry for most points per game on average. So, listen, they're thin right now anyway. You know, they lost the big guy, Thomas Bryant, after 10 games. He was on his way to a big year, potentially. Now they lost Denny, their Israeli rookie, who's out. I mean, they're just really thin right now. Garrison Matthews will get the start. He could shoot him a little bit, but he's not a guy who should be, you know, getting big minutes for a team that hopes to be in the postseason. Now, listen, this hamstring problem could be problematic, but my understanding is, Danny, it won't last more than the two games. So, look, Wizards basketball is not necessarily back, like some are saying. It's, it's all relative. They're certainly not the 78-79 Bullets. Uh, but they are going to be a problem in the first round, potentially. And Philadelphia knows that. But Philly's defense is so good, they'll be able to get the requisite number of stops and dispatch them in five. Yeah, and you mentioned how tough this Wizards team could be and really has been as of late, Tom. I mean, we've talked about this. Several times when we've had you on in the past, the odds to reach the playoffs now getting past the playing game is what the stipulation is. At Bet Rivers, the yes is plus 120 for Washington. The no is minus 155. Do you still take the yes here, plus 120, or would you just rather play it by a game-by-game basis and wait? I'm against the spread guy, as you know. At that number, I think I'd say yes. I mean, look, right now the Wizards don't have to do too much here. You look at the schedule, it's not murderer's row. You know, the East is interested, Danny, because you're going to have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal plus the Boston Celtics with their history in the play Think about that. And in the West, it's even better, right? You got Steph Curry and LeBron James. I mean, anybody who's not a proponent of the play is having a hard time right now because there's no argument against it. And I wasn't sure I loved it either. Uh, but, I mean, LeBron, for example, what a week ago said, you know, they should be fired. They're going to get a raise. We all know that. This is exactly what the league wants, to have stars like Russ, Beal, too, assuming he's back, and I think they'll be in. And, of course, obviously the Celtics with their brand history and just the fact Boston. And then, of course, in the West with Steph and LeBron. I mean, it's working out beautifully for the NBA in that respect. But to answer your question, not to get off topic, I would say yes. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, yes to the Wizards, I'm with him. And also, this playing game, yeah, I'm extremely excited for. I mean, you look in years past, and for your average NBA fan or just better, you know, the first round's the first round. For the most part, you know what's going to happen. But this adds a completely different element, not only from a fan perspective and excitement watching, but betting, too. So I think it's going to end up being a very beneficial and great thing for the NBA. So I'm really excited to see it happen, despite LeBron's comments. And again, if we get these big matchups, it's going to make it even more fun. So, yeah, like you said, I'm pumped, too. And a couple teams that are vying for those playing games, Tom, are going at it tonight with the Pelicans and the Grizzlies, albeit New Orleans dealing with a lot of injuries themselves. And it looks like Steven Adams isn't going to play tonight. We already knew that Zion was going to be out along with Brandon Ingram. The Pelicans catching nine and a half on the road against Memphis. Total here stands at 229 and a half. How do you feel about this one? 
Yeah, I think this is an inflated line. I'm thinking about the Pelicans here at nine and a half. I was hoping I'd see 10 flash. That's where it opened last night. Um, it just seems like too many points. I'd put it at about eight, eight and a half, though, Danny. So it's not a terrible line necessarily. But I think you are getting a little bit of value. You know, look, they should have weary legs in theory, but they're a game above 500 against the spread on short rest. That's actually better than they are against the spread with rest. So they've been a team that's been pretty spy, spry in these spots. They played well so far without Zion and Ingram. They gave Philadelphia all they could handle on the road, which is not easy. Obviously, they're coming off a win 24 hours ago. They're still very desperate. San Antonio might not win again. So I think the smart money here is on New Orleans. Now, Memphis, conversely, has not played well. And that's one of the reasons I feel you know pretty good about this play. But it should be just a matter of time that this New Orleans team starts to falter a little bit with the losses of the big guys. I think they'll be able to hang in tonight. Though. They won't win the game. I think Memphis wins the game. Uh, but if they're going to give me over three possessions, I think that's the value i got to take. All right, so Tom looking to take the nine and a hook with New Orleans tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies. You mentioned the Spurs tonight. They're taking on Milwaukee, and San Antonio's been an anomaly in the sense that they've just completely struggled at home all year, 13-20 and 20 straight up this season, Tom. And they're catching seven against the Bucks. Total here, a higher one at 233.5. Any faith in San Antonio in terms of the spread tonight? No, I don't have a play here. I don't think I'll get involved. If I did, it probably would be with Milwaukee. Over that seven and a half, down to seven last time out of ten to check the local shops. I mean, listen, I think the Derek White loss is a much bigger deal than the general public knows. He's worth a good couple points of the spread, believe it or not. He's played that well for San Antonio. I don't love their roster construction. They're not built to play in today's era. They don't take enough threes. They don't make enough threes. But that number's probably about right against Milwaukee tonight. San Antonio's going to have a hard time, like I said, Danny, winning another game the rest of the way. That doesn't mean they can't cover the spread tonight and keep it relatively interesting. I'd be surprised they won the game, though. But as far as against the number, I probably won't get involved. I'd slightly lean Milwaukee. All right, and then how about the most exciting game of the night? Golden State taking on Utah. The Jazz are still missing Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. They're laying two on the road against the Warriors. Minus 129 on the money line for the Jazz, plus 108 on the buyback for Golden State. Total at 225 and a half. Look, the Warriors 4-1 ATS their last five games overall, and those injuries should certainly make a pretty big impact in terms of the backcourt in this game. But how do you think the bigs for Utah can match up with Golden State? I mean, you've had guys like Bogdanovich and Clarkson obviously step up, but this is going to be a completely different atmosphere tonight. I thought you were going to say Pacers-Cleveland when you said game of the night, Danny. You threw me off. <laughs> and, and what a wild run that line is going on, by the way. It opened last night at 2.5, which where I grabbed it, thank goodness. Today it's up to all the way to 10.5 before the news comes out that Brogdon, and no surprise, Landmark in a place, and now it's back to 9. Just incredible. I don't know what the odds makers were thinking when they hung that number last night. But watch, the Cavs might win the game. Who knows? I mean, the Pacers aren't exactly throwing a all-time great team out there either. But get a look at that Cavs team. It's like a summer league team. Um, listen, the Golden State-Utah, I love Utah. They've been number one in my power ratings all year long in my model. They haven't been below 10 for months. A plus 10 is an incredible number. They haven't been below plus 10 in months in my model. Still pretty good even without Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. And I think the loss of Conley is a bigger deal than the loss of Mitchell. And I think Gobert, by the way, is – much better than the general public realizes and much more important to this team. He'll be in action tonight. He'll be protecting the rim. You know, Bogdanovich has more confidence these days. You know, he's playing bully ball, and it's working for him. 
I don't know, though. This one on the road, Steph has been so good of late. Golden State's playing meaningful games. You know, I, I don't think I'd play this. If I did, I don't even know which side I'd lean. I, you know, one minute I might convince myself Utah, but then I remember they're so banged up. They're in Golden State. Are they really going to win on the road? Then you go, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes the best bets are the ones you don't make. Just enjoy the game. I think this one's going to be a one-possession game in the final 30 seconds. Hey, nothing wrong with that. You're right. Sometimes the best bets are if you just kind of limit yourself, stick away, and maybe, hey, go in with the in-game right. aspect. That's always a viable option, too, and this could certainly be a perfect game for that situation. And, Tom, I know we mentioned this earlier when we were just talking about the Wizards' odds to reach the playoffs, and I know that the futures aren't something in particular that you necessarily delve in, but with the Warriors, the yes and no to reach the playoff is a pick of minus 113 each way. Is this a situation where instead of doing that, you would probably wait for the game-to-game -game basis to see who they're matched up with, injuries, and all of that. Yeah, of course, I do the game-to-game -game basis. Injuries play such a huge role in the NBA. Now, I'm not a believer that you can't grab good numbers the night before. I still do it. You just have to have an understanding of who's going to be available, who's not going to be available, who's questionable, which books might let you get out of your bet if you're getting a fair price. You know, bottom line is there's a lot that goes into it, but you can snag good numbers early on, but that information is vital. I mean, you see it each and every night. How many guys are out of the game or questionable or doubtful? It's, it's just crazy. So from that standpoint, I'm always more comfortable going game to game. Uh, but at that price that you listed, I, I would definitely say the Warriors make the playoffs. I think there's a good chance we see Warriors Lakers. Now, LeBron's going to return on Tuesday, so that'll give them a little bit of a boost. But I'm hoping for the league's sake that we get that Steph Curry-LeBron James game. That'd be unbelievable ratings. A game seven, essentially, and a one and done. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, my producer and I were talking about this before, just looking at the Lakers' remaining schedule and the Trailblazers, who are a game ahead of them. Do you think Portland is going to have what it takes to stay a game ahead and avoid the play-in? Well, Portland has been a little bit of a fraud, according to my model, for some time. I've told you that. But they have played some better ball. The loss of Carmelo is really not that big a deal. <sighs> you know what? I'd have to go ahead and get the iPad out and look at that schedule pretty closely. I'd like to hear who they're playing. But my guess is they're probably going to be all right. You know, that number three seed, though, is going to be a rough out for Portland. I still expect them to last no longer than one round. They just don't defend enough. I love Dane. He's a great player. But, you know, I think some people want to anoint him as like a top five type of dude. I don't know if he's that. In a sport where one man moves the needle, like he's not moving the needle the way Joel Embiid is. He's our Giannis or LeBron. He's just not. And that's okay. It doesn't mean Dame isn't as far as the great he is. But he needs help, but I don't think they've found him enough yet. CJ is a great bucket getter, but now they have serious issues defending out on the wing with him in the lineup, right? Nurk's been okay. He's been spotty. You know, it's a good roster. Melo's doing big things in terms of moving up the all-time scoring list, but he's not. He's still, to this day, not that efficient, and his imprint on winning is not that big a deal. I just think they're more flawed than people know. That said, your question is, will they make the playoffs? I'm sorry, without being in the play-in, and... Yeah, I'd probably lean yes. So, Tom, the remaining schedule is not easy by any means. I mean, tonight to get Houston, we're assuming that's going to be a dub. But then they're on the road right. against Utah, on the road against Phoenix, and then they get Denver at home for the Trailblazers. So it's not going to be easy. No, that, that's, you know what? Listen, that's an interesting schedule. Denver, keep an eye on the Nuggets. We all kind of said, you know what, they're done. Stick a fork at them. And I was amongst them. They still don't have anybody in high-leverage spots. But that's what concerns me, the way Jamal Murray played in the bubble. Was so big time and big moments. They're going to miss that eventually. But 
Nikola Jokic is the MVP for a reason. You know, if MB plays 82, I think it's an interesting conversation, but he didn't, or in this case, close to 72. Uh, you know, I like the Aaron Gordon addition. I don't think I'd make them contenders to win a chip, but to your point, I mean, they're definitely going to be favored over Portland. That's not an easy schedule the rest of the way. Yeah, it, it, you know, really quick, we got about 30 seconds, Tom. I mean, from a series price perspective, is are the Nuggets a team that you think you'll get a little bit better price on because of that Murray and him missing the whole playoffs and this team still being relatively deep? Is there a team, or is that a team you think that could go a couple rounds deep at least? Yeah, I don't know if I'd say a couple rounds deep. It's all going to depend on the matchup, Danny. Do you get a better price? Probably. I noticed right away with the spread, you were getting an extra couple points each and every game with Denver, which made sense because I was I knocked them a couple points in my power ratings as well. But over the last you know week or two, as they're winning game after game, all of a sudden that point be, uh, that two points became a point, then it became a half point. So it seems like they're almost priced similarly now to the way they were when Jamal Murray was on the team. But it will be interesting to see what these prices are on Denver. Again, though, a lot of it's going to depend on matchup styles. I think right. the NBA is going to be a little bit more unpredictable this year than ever. I agree with you, Tom. And, hey, we appreciate your time per usual. Enjoy the games tonight. We'll catch up soon, my friend. Danny, anytime. Sirius XM NBA Radio is where you can catch him. And at one Tom Burn is where you can follow him on the tweets. Love talking hoops with Tom. But coming up next, we're switching it up, going to the ice. How about some NHL futures? Are there any viable options still left available? We'll hit that next here on Visa. of all odds with Bet Rivers daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook and to make your experience even more rewarding Bet Rivers offers the most live streams to major sports instant payouts and only one time playthrough offer valid in Illinois only must be 21 or older gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program once again daily hometown discounts available BetRivers.com Back at it here on Rush Hour, all on Beast and Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. Big shout out to Tom Byrne for hopping on, talking some hopes not only tonight, but down the road with odds to reach the playoffs and just further throughout the postseason. But let's flip the script a little bit. Let's talk some hockey. We are still very excited about the Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, we're still on our winning streak for the NHL, but as we've talked about several times, did with Nick Alberga when he was on a couple weeks ago. Seldom do I think there are good opportunities to bet the NHL nowadays. And again, that's why we've been so picky and choosy with it, the quality over quantity, because at this point in the season, I mean, we already know the schedule's so unique and it's just completely different than in years past, but you have the teams who know they're not going to make it, and then you have the teams that are still vying for seeding and some who are resting some players, dealing with, in with injuries, everything you're used to on a game-to-game -game basis, except it's a little bit different now toward the end of the season because you're still playing these similar opponents and a lot of them have nothing as much to play for, so the lines are a lot more chalkier and everything kind of surrounding that. So 
the betting options haven't been plentiful as of this point. However, what about the odds to win the Stanley Cup? Now, uh, earlier, probably a month or two ago, we did make a play on the Stanley Cup futures. We took the Vegas Golden Knights at 9-1 to to win the Stanley Cup. You look at Bet Rivers now with these odds, the Golden Knights are at plus 550. Ahead of them, though, is a short shot is the Colorado Avalanche at plus 450. And the assumption is that these two teams are going to meet at some point in the postseason. But right now in the standings for the West, Vegas has 80 points. Colorado has 76 points. You look at the goal differential for these squads. Vegas has the best in all of the NHL at plus 62. Colorado is at plus 53. They come up next. So, yes, these are probably the two top teams in the league. And I still do think I would trust the Golden Knights over the Avalanche as of this point. Now, I wouldn't play either of these teams because, again, I already got the Golden Knights at 9-1, to so I feel fine with my ticket with a lot better price. The Avalanche at plus 450, we kind of mentioned this the other week. It just seems incredibly short, and they were at about plus 350 a few weeks ago. And, you know, they're at plus 450. Yes, they've been doing with injuries here and there, too. They went on a cold streak, and that's not to say I don't think that they can or will win the Stanley Cup. It's just this far out, meaning you're still out of the playoffs, in a sport that presents so much volatility in their postseason, why would you only take a price at plus 450 with the squad when you have a team like the Hurricanes, who have been very dominant at plus 650. The Maple Leafs, who, yes, I know it's the old adage with the Maple Leafs, you can't trust them, they're going to choke, etc. They're at 7-1. The Lightning, plus 750. Who's to say they can't repeat? The Penguins have been really nice as of late as well. They're 13-1 along with the Bruins. Capitals, you get at 14-1. Panthers, 18-1. Edmonton Oilers, 19-1. Islanders, 20-1. list goes on and on and on. So aside from some of those top teams, the Hurricanes plus 650, I'm not all in on Carolina. I do. I would rather play that, obviously, than the Avalanche at plus 450. But I think the two teams that I've been pretty consistent with, saying that I would also maybe tack on aside from the Golden Knights, I still like the Lightning here at plus 750. Again, this is a team that right now just a plus 38 differential. They've been up and down this latter half of the season. But if they can remain healthy, if Vasilevsky can return to the norm we saw in the beginning of this season. I still think this team has what it takes to repeat as champs. I get how hard it can be, but look, at plus 750, not the best value, but considering how short they were during the season toward the beginning of it, I can't recall the exact number, maybe as low as 3-1. to one, I could be wrong, but again, there was no real betting opportunity to take the Lightning at any point during the season except for now at plus 750. Of course, that's going to be a better price in a series-to-series basis, game-to-game basis, etc., the Lightning at plus 750 would probably still be the team that I would bet. If you haven't made any yet and you're looking for something with a little bit of value but not too deep of a shot, more of a realistic one, I do like the Lightning at plus 750. Maple Leaf 7-1 ain't too shabby either. That's a team with a plus 42 differential. In terms of the Penguins or the Bruins, not too psyched up about that division. They've just been beating up on each other. I don't think anyone there is necessarily going to have as deep of a run. But again, the Maple Leafs and Lightning, if you don't want to bet any of the other short shots, would be the teams I'd look out for. More specifically, the Lightning at about plus 750. But of course, we're still sweating out the Vegas Golden Knights at 9-1. Hoping that comes to fruition in terms of hockey. Some other plays we're hoping come to fruition are going to be in basketball tonight. Let's talk some prop shelf. A couple player props that I do like and have made bets on. Stick around, find out what they are when we return here on Rush Hour on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network.
you know that VEASAN.com has the latest lines and odds for every game on the board tonight? Track those line movements with live charts, get estimated scores for every matchup, and all the betting information you need to stay on top of the action. For example, I check it out every single day before I make my bets, see where it opens, see where it moves, you see the big movements, you can guess if there's been injuries, weather reports, all the best tools you need to help aid you as a better. And you can also use, for example, our parlay calculator to figure out the payouts Get all of our betting 101 info, info, including definition of the betting terms we use here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Start your day's sports betting research for free, all at VSIN.com. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The show is Rush Hour. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook in Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Going to be going back to the NBA this segment. Let's go over some plays that we have with some props like to call it prop shelf a couple that I did bet and one that I do have a strong lean on but uh, let's begin in that Atlanta Washington game that's about to get underway so really quick we'll squeeze this one in Atlanta's an eight and a half point favorite I'm more intrigued in Trey Young though and what he could possibly do tonight 25 and a half is where we saw his points prop over is minus 125 right in that range I was able to get it about minus 121 or so right around that range but look, Young is averaging 25 per game, so he's right at the same mark. The last time he went up against Washington, he dropped 41 points. Granted, it was at the end of January, but still, it's a favorable matchup for him, and you saw it in the first game. Could happen again tonight because 47% of his shots come from mid-range. He's making 44% of them, and when it comes to the Wizards defensively, they're allowing opponents to get 40.4% of their shots up from mid-range. Hey, guess what? That ranks dead last. And also, they're allowing opponents to make 45.8% of those, which ranks second to last. Wizards are awful when it comes to defending mid-range. Trey Young thrives for mid-range. Look for Young to go over 25.5 points tonight as him and the Atlanta Hawks take on the Washington Wizards. Also, they're missing Bradley Beal, remember. So Trey Young over 25.5 points this evening. All right, let's get in. To a later game tonight, though, about 7.30 p.m. Central Time tip-off. Down in San Antonio, the Spurs taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, the Spurs just an abysmal team at home, 13-20 and 20 straight up on their home floor. And tonight, they're catching seven against Milwaukee. Minus 275 is what the Bucks are laying on the money line, plus 220 on the buyback for San Antonio. Total at 233.5. And, I'm kind of with Tom here. I mean, this isn't one that I necessarily wanted to bet in terms of the spread, total, et cetera, but would certainly lean toward Milwaukee here. A little bit of movement toward the Spurs, seven and a half down to seven. I think it's a good spot for Milwaukee here, but again, seven, a little bit too high for my liking, so not going to pull the trigger. However, a player that stood out to me personally, a Drew Holiday. Now, he's always been one that I've been tempted to kind of delve in deeper with his props and kind of look for a good opportunity and situation for the guard. And I haven't really found it, but I think tonight's a prime one. Because, look, 18.5 is where his number's listed at. He's averaging about 18 per game this season. He's gone over 18.5 the last three games in a row. And when he last got matched up against San Antonio, this was March 20th, he went 8 of 16 from the floor, 2 of 4 from beyond the arc, 3 of 3 from the free throw line, and dropped 21 points. Now, when you look at Drew Holiday, he's spread out pretty evenly. He's the most spread out shooter on the Milwaukee Bucks. 36% of his shots come at the rim, 31% from all mid-range, and 33% from beyond the arc. In terms of how many or how much he's making at each respective spot, 66% at the rim, 46% from mid-range, and 41% from three. So he's a really effective shooter. 
58% effective field goal percentage, which puts him in the 89th percentile in the NBA. So really good out of Drew Holiday on a consistent basis. So offensively, okay, we, we know what we're getting from Drew Holiday, but what about the Spurs defensively? This team, for the most part, is pretty sound defensively. Uh, they're allowing opponents to shoot about 43% from mid-range, which is 18th in the association, 37.6% from three, which puts them at about 20th in the league, so not too great, below average in each of those spots. Now, at the rim, they're allowing opponents to shoot just 61%, which is third best. However, the opportunities are coming to plenty at the rim. 37% of their opponent's shots are coming at the rim, which is 27th worst. So look, when you look at the San Antonio team, they're fairly solid defensively all around, so that's why a widespread shooter like Drew Holiday, I think, is built for a good situation in this spot tonight against San Antonio. And kind of just throwing a random split out there, I kind of like to look into that too, just as an added incentive to maybe push it further if you needed more of kind of argument to back him. Uh, on the road, he's averaging 19 points per game as opposed to just 16 at home. And again, we know how bad the Spurs have been at home themselves. So, again, I think there's a good opportunity for Drew Holiday tonight. I played him over 18 and a half, minus 113 was the price of Bet Rivers that I snagged. So, rolling with Drew Holiday over 18 and a half tonight against the San Antonio Spurs. Now, finally, let's get into the game of the night with the Golden State Warriors taking on the Utah Jazz. In San Francisco, the Jazz are the road favorite, minus two. They're also minus 129 on the money line. Golden State plus 108 as the home dog. 225 and a half is where we're seeing this total. The over is a slight favorite, minus 113. The under is minus 108. Again, I, I, you know, I'm saying it three times in a row, but I agree with Tom in this game. I really don't have that strong a conviction one way or the other. I think the best play overall is to just go in-game betting, see whose rhythm you like a little bit better, momentum, et cetera, all your strategies you typically do with in-game betting. I think that's the best case looking into this matchup. However, if you wanted to look into a player prop, I didn't play this one officially, but I think a good look potentially could be with Andrew Wiggins. Now, 19 and a half is where we're seeing his number. It is shaded to the over minus 127. That's kind of the reason I didn't play it. I didn't want to lay the price to go over here with Wiggins. He's averaging 18 per contest. He's gone over 19 and a half in the last four out of six games. And his last matchup against Utah, March 14th, he dropped 28 points. First matchup against Utah, only 13, but different circumstances. So, Look, 37% of his shot attempts are his majority. They are coming from mid-range. He's making 42% of them. We know how good defensively Utah is, but where they do slack the most is at mid-range. They allow opponents to shoot 37% of their shots from mid-range, which is second worst in the league. And they're making just 40.7%, which is fifth best. But again, the opportunities are getting presented on a consistent basis from mid-range. So Wiggins is going to get his shot opportunities, especially with the fact that Oubre is out for a decent period of time, so he's got to be the second guy in charge and step up. The only thing that kind of holds him back is if you see a vintage Steph Curry game where he's dropping upper 40s and 50s, then his opportunities get limited, certainly. So, uh, didn't end up playing this one, but I think Andrew Wiggins over 19 and a half could be a decent look. Again, the two we are rolling with, though, Trey Young over 25 and a half tonight with the Hawks, and then Drew Holiday with the Bucks taking on the Spurs, taking Holiday over 18 and a half this evening. As always, best of luck if you tail. Hopefully we get a couple winners in the association. Speaking of some winners, let's get some on the diamond tonight. Fellow decent host Brady Cannon going to be joining us, getting some plays with baseball. We'll discuss next as we wrap up a Monday edition of Rush Hour right here on VEASAN Esports Betting Network.
Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts, sun boost on all of your favorite teams, only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only, must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self exclusion program. Get a hold of the daily hometown discount. Check it out, betrivers.com. Wrapping up another edition of Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. At Danny Burke 5 is where you can follow me on Twitter. We're live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook just outside of the Windy City in Des Plaines, Illinois. But going out the West Coast, Brady Cannon joins us at Las Vegas Golfers where you can follow him on Twitter. And fellow VEASAN host does a great job contributing to Point Spread Weekly as well. Does great write-ups with golf and also a fantastic baseball better. Let's talk a little baseball here tonight. And, Brady, let's start with this matchup in Houston. The Astros are taking on the Angels. A lot of movement, it looks like, toward Houston. About minus 162 or so is where they open. Now they're minus 182 at Bet Rivers. The Angels plus 150 on the buyback. Total at 9.5. Uh, what do you think about this matchup between the Astros and the Angels tonight? Yeah, I think a lot of that move was because uh, they weren't sure who was going to pitch for the Angels originally, and then it was uh, named uh, that Junior Guerra was going to go, and I think that's where you saw a lot of the movement, and, and there's really been movement on the over the total as well. You mentioned all the way up to nine and a half. Uh, Guerra, he's making his first start since 2018, so I really think this is going to be more of a bullpen effort today for the Angels. And that bullpen was pretty taxed over the weekend in their series with the Dodgers, especially on Saturday. Uh, so I think that's probably why you're seeing the move to the over here. Also, Garcia for Houston, he's 0-3 uh, so far for the team. And in all of his six starts, the team has lost all six of those games. So I, I don't expect this to be Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale here, Danny. <laughs> so that's why there's probably a movement towards the over. And that's, that's the only direction I could head to. I mean, obviously, you're not getting the best of the number now. Um, but that's probably the only way it could go. And, and Houston's probably the right side as well. But it's getting very expensive. And, and I don't want to lay that price in, in a game that's probably a little bit more of a toss-up, you know, with pitchers that are certainly questionable here. I think if I was going to do anything, I'd look towards over the total. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, over 9.5 would be my only play because, again, you're right. You're missing the best of the number, and even at that, you're laying about minus 182, which is very expensive, and you can make the argument for the run line, but you don't have as much conviction with these starting pitchers, so it's always riskier to do that a little bit. So I'm with you. would probably look over 9.5, if anything. Between Houston and Los Angeles, first pitch scheduled in about 20 minutes, for that matchup, uh, let's look a little bit longer down the slate here. Arizona taking on Miami. The Marlins plus 108 as the road dog here, Brady. The Diamondbacks minus the buck 30 is the home favorite. Total here at about nine. Looks like Jordan Holloway is going to be pitching against Luke Weaver. Uh, the Marlins have lost their last two games. D-backs, though, they're on a six-game losing streak themselves. But they've been getting a little bit of the steam tonight. Do you think they break that streak and get the dub? You know, that's a pretty good number on the Marlins if you wanted to grab that because there's a lot of shops out here in Las Vegas that are down to minus 120 on the Diamondbacks. So maybe a little bit of value there on the underdog. Um, Jordan Holloway, he's been up and down from AAA with Miami, and this is likely going to be a bullpen effort for them too. Um, but he's probably been better than Weaver for Arizona. Uh, 
Weaver has just been struggling. You know, he's walking a lot of hitters, giving up a lot of hits. You know, both of these guys have been a little bit shaky, uh, but Holloway, I think, is probably the stronger of the two, and you mentioned the losing streak for Arizona. You know, I mean, this team was playing good baseball and then just all of a sudden really went into this funk. Now, you have to ask yourself, you know, coming back home to their home ballpark, is that going to help them? Sometimes that's a tough situation, that very first game when you get back home because you're, you're back in your house and you're kind of getting your world all together again, and sometimes baseball isn't, you know, the first thing on your at the forefront of your focus. So, you know, I don't know which way to go on that, you know, from that handicap. Is, is that going to help this team or is it going to hurt them a little bit? But I think it's probably, you know, overall a better situation for Miami. I, I did not make a play on the game, but if I had to, I'd take them at that plus 108 you mentioned. That, that's not too shabby. Um, I do lean to the under in this game. It, it's been seeing some steam on the over here, but both of these teams can't really hit right now. Uh, the team batting averages are pretty low. If you look at the run differential, Danny, this is amazing. Uh, Miami is plus 20 in the run differential, and Arizona is minus 15. So otherwise the numbers on these two pitchers, these two teams are, are kind of similar, but that's maybe an edge you, you know, can get you towards the Marlins side. Um, and, and, you know, pretty much of a toss-up game, so you take the plus money. But uh, I, I didn't do anything with this one either. Lean Miami in the under. All right, then let's talk Giants and Rangers. And, Brady, I was trying to get myself to back San Francisco here before the line moved too much, and that's kind of where it's at at this point. I mean, minus 130 at the opener. Now you're seeing the Giants minus 157, the Rangers plus 130 on the buyback. Shorter total here at 7.5 because you got Gibson, who's been really solid for the Rangers, 3-0 with a 2.40 ERA, 1.04 whip, 3.87 xFIP. And then you're getting the Southpaw Alex Wood taking the bump for the Giants, who's also been really solid. However, Brady, he's only faced the Rockies and the Marlins. So I was a little bit cautious because of that. And look, both of these teams have been really solid offensively in the month of May. Rangers have the number one OPS. Giants have the third best OPS in the month of May. And again, Giants getting all the steam. Is that the direction you're leaning or do you see some value here with the Rangers? Well, I do, but that price is really high. You're talking about here in Las Vegas, uh, about the high water mark is 145, and you're right. They, you know, it was 135 or so uh, on the overnight, and I did like San Francisco at 35, and not, you know, 45 is probably the threshold point for me. I wouldn't want to really spend more than that. Uh, and, and you said it. I mean, Texas has been playing great. They've won nine of their last 11 games. Uh, they're back to 500 now, and, and that worries me a little bit about them. Uh, they just completed a homestand, just a short homestand, but they've been working so hard this month and, and late in April to get back to 500, and I wonder if they just exhale for a second here. And San Francisco, I think, is a tough place to play. I mean, we just saw the Padres lose two out of three there over the weekend, and you mentioned it as well. Both of these pitchers have been really good. Now, now Wood, you're right, he hasn't faced the stiffest competition, but um, I, I think both of these pitchers have been great. Both of these teams have been playing well. I think the situation probably favors San Francisco a little bit, and I don't think that's enough to lay 157. I, I do lean with the Giants, and I lean with over the total. I, I see this getting more to eight runs than I do see and it's staying under seven. Yeah, I'm with you too. Yeah, seven and a half and over even money. Under is a slight favorite, minus 118. But again, the Giants getting all the steam. 
was leaning that way, but couldn't get myself fully there. So if you do want to make a play, Giants could be your look this evening against the Rangers. And Brady, I know you did have a play earlier this evening with the Orioles and the Red Sox. This one in the beginning stages of that matchup. Looking over to the screen here, the Bed River Sportsbook. Uh, Baltimore leads 1-0 this one. About the top of the third, or top of the fourth, excuse me. Uh, the Orioles on the live line, minus 175 against the Red Sox, who have been hot this season, plus 138. Total we're seeing at seven here. Uh, what was your thoughts going into this game, and is there any angle you would attack in terms of the in-game betting perspective? Yeah, prior to first pitch, I, you know, I was looking at Lopez, and uh, his XFIP is better than his ERA. So that's always an angle that I like to look at, you know, kind of that buy low, sell high deal. Uh, the ERA is kind of the either real prominent number that everybody looks at. Um, but uh, Lopez, you know, actually has a better XFIP, so you could see some positive regression for him. And then on the other side for uh, Boston, um, Perez, He's been one of their worst pitchers. I mean, this team only has 13 losses, and he has two of them. You know, and his outings, his best outings, and you talked about this a little bit with Alex Wood in San Francisco. For Perez, his best outings have come against Detroit and Minnesota. So that's really poor there. So I also think, you know, the Orioles are in a position where they're trying to avoid being swept at home in a four-game set. So I think a lot of things line up here for the Orioles. I was able to get him. I want to say it was like plus 130 or so. They did see some of the action got down to about plus 115. As far as an in-game, Danny, you kind of hope maybe Boston ties it up or goes ahead 2-1 to one here pretty quick, and then you can kind of jump on Baltimore at even money or an underdog once again. Uh, that would be what I would recommend. But if Boston takes a lead late, you know, like seventh inning or so, then I, I would probably pass. But if you can find an opportunity to get Baltimore at even money or better here in the next couple innings, that might be the in-game way to go. Hey, well, we'll be rooting for you per usual, Brady. And thanks, as always, for stopping by on Rush Hour tonight. Hopefully that win comes to fruition. And we'll look forward to catching up, talking some more baseball soon. You bet, my man. Thank you. You know, the PGA Championship coming up next week, Danny. You got anybody already in pocket for uh, Kiowa and South Carolina? Ooh, not right now. We'll have to talk more about it next week because I have to wait a little bit more to see what your thoughts are on it. Uh, if you have anybody you want to give out really quick, feel free. Otherwise, we could save it for next week if you want, Brady. All up to you, my man. Well, I'm on actually a number of guys already. I pretty much have uh, done all my shopping for the outright market. Um, but Victor Hovland is uh, one of the shorter shots on my card and got him at 35 to 1. He's down now about 25 to 1. This guy's had two top five finishes in the last two weeks. Uh, so he's really playing well right now. I think he sets up well for this golf course. And I mean, obviously, one of the best players in the world. He's ranked 11th in the world right now at just 23 years old. So I think this guy's going to kick down the door in a major championship here pretty soon. And uh, you couldn't ask for better form. So, let's, you know, the another thing about Hovland that's interesting, Danny, he has two victories on this same type of green surface, a rare Paspalum green surface that we don't see all over the place. And he has two victories on that surface. So might make it a third next week in South Carolina. Hey, and 28 to 1 is the value you can get at Bet Rivers. So if you're riding with Brady, go ahead and snag that. Brady, my man, we appreciate it. That's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. We'll catch up again tomorrow here on Rush Hour on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Take care.